Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Okay, uh, you've never heard a preacher do this before, but to start off this morning, I want to confess that I've been believing a lie. You've never heard anybody say that before. uh, Where's the couple here? Okay, couple, have a look at them. They're the ones. Uh, Yeah, the blame. Yeah, we have to blame somebody. So Bobby McFerrin, is that right, Junior, the one who said, don't worry, be happy, that he committed suicide, it is not true. He's still alive and well, and we think he's happy. So I, I had to say that for the tape over there because I, I, last night I quoted what everybody's quoting and I'm suddenly told, you felt the same too. Well, you can't believe everything on, on the television, I mean the, te- the television, can you? Okay, so just correction and because I said that last night on CD, I'm confessing I've been believing a lie, I no longer believe a lie, I've got the truth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's a challenge. Okay, now would everybody? Yeah, pass pass out. Uh, pass out the notes. Don't, don't pass out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now let's uh, just uh, pick up where we left off last night, and uh, uh, so so what we've been doing is going back to first mention, particularly. And that God looks down on the planet Earth here and he sees everybody either in Adam or in Christ. And so we went back to God's original purpose there, the sevenfold purpose of God in creation, sinless character, perfection, fellowship, relationship, dominion, rulership, blessedness, happiness, reproduction, fruitfulness, and eternal life. Then we see how uh, the serpent came into the garden and he brought about the fall and the seven uh, steps and the attack on the word of God. How many feel that really helped you? It, it helped me because I used to think, why do we get so much preaching and be bashing with the Bible? No, 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 in a good sense here. It's because we fell from faith and obedience in the word and God wants us get get us back off the ground of unbelief and disobedience back to the ground of faith. So how many are glad this morning we are on the ground of faith? Yeah. And obedience. City life is on the ground of faith. And that's what people, they don't know what it is when they come into the presence of the Lord. There's something, someone here. They don't know what it is, but we're on the ground of faith. Because the the world out there is ground of unbelief and disobedience. We're back on the ground of faith. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to do this morning, and then we want to make some time for questions uh, here. I want just to, and I've spelled it out here, and this is pretty much out of uh, Foundations Christian Doctrine, excellent textbook by a close friend of mine. (laughs) We want to see now, so progressing here, so we've seen the attacks on the word that brought about the fall, and God wanting to bring us back to this. Now, let's just touch on very briefly uh, on on uh, letter E on page 3 here, the results of the fall. So let's turn over to Romans 5 and look at this uh, foundational scripture here. Romans chapter 5. And I want to thank you for being such a, a good bunch of people because, uh, uh, you know, my wife used to say, preaching and teaching is like cooking. It takes hours to prepare a meal. 
And uh, if people come to the table and they're hungry and a scallop all up in a few minutes, you say, that's good. But say, oh, yeah, been there, done that. But uh, it takes years to prepare this. But it's easy to feed hungry people. So I want to thank you for being such a good bunch. Okay, now let's read Romans chapter 5 and read the full passage which we just touched on yesterday from verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, or entered the world, and death through sin. So sin and death, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. Someone asked a good question on that. We may come up again. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type or figure, uh, the Greek word is tupos, a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the, uh, by one, the, the one man's offense many died, uh, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of, of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Uh, contrast, condemnation, justification. For if by the offense, uh, by one man's offense, death reigned through the race, uh, through the one, pardon me, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's uh, righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Let me just throw this in because uh, uh, Ted and I were talking about this last night. Uh, there's, there's a floating round of extreme teaching on the grace of God. And being an old man coming from the dark ages, we went through this when I was in America and we called it greasy grace. And there was a whole group of people grabbed this verse and said, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So the more we sin, the more we'll experience the grace of God. And I called it greasy grace. You slide into hell. You know, now once in grace, always in grace, even if you live in disgrace. No. Because in verse uh, uh, chapter one of uh, ver- uh, chapter one, <laughs> verse chapter six and verse one, slow down, a bit, Kevin. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Yeah. That's it. So it's an abuse of the grace of God. So you've got to got to watch that's floating out. Okay, now we'll move through this reasonably quickly and make some comments as we go through. So let's go to your sheet here. Put a lot of material here for you. Okay, so number one, these are the results of the fall. So our jigsaw puzzle, God's original purpose, and then satanic attack against the word to bring about the fall. What was the end results? The results of the fall. All right, number one, forfeited purity. When you go through Genesis chapter 3 and 7 with 2.25, the man and the woman were naked and they were not ashamed. This is my own understanding of that. that uh, what, what clothes does God wear? Have you ever thought that? Yeah, it says God clothes himself with light. Light and glory, that's the clothing. And I believe that before the fall, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, they were clothed in the glory of God. 
So they were naked and they were not ashamed because they were clothed with light. In fact, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3 and 21, you can put this down if you like. Uh, when we get a glorified body, Philippians 3 and 21, we're going to have a body like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. A glorified body radiating with light. That's what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus' body and his raiment shone with light. The glory that was on the inside just burst through that, the veil of his flesh. Wow, we're going to have a body like that. We're going to need it for, you know, interplanetary travel. Because you're not going to be sitting in heaven on a cloud playing a one-string guitar. God's got a, a, a destiny for us. No. So we've got a big purpose. So our life on here on earth is probationary. Just a short period of time. And then we're going to live eternally because we're on the ground of faith and obedience. Wow. All right. So they forfeit their purity. They found they were naked. Uh, I have to be careful on this one. But the very fact that we, we wear clothes proves we're sinners. Because the moment Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their light garment, their garment of light, and they got into the fig leaf bikini department and put on a fig leaf. <laughs> Are you breathing out there? Is this all right? Okay, we, we won't go beyond that. Okay. All right. all right. Number two, they now have a dual knowledge of good and evil. And that was the subtlety of the tree. It was not just the tree of the knowledge of evil. It was good and evil. That was the, 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 the mixture in the thing. So a dual knowledge, and I've got Romans 7 there, and I think we spend enough time on that. Romans chapter 7 is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you mark your Bible, when you go, go over the uh, notes here, go through every reference to good and evil in Romans 7. And the master verse is, the good that I want to do and the evil I don't want to do, I do. I find then a law or a tree within me. And that's, that's my problem. So we all have a dual knowledge of good and evil. Number three, conscience began to work. A guilty conscience uh, began to work. Go to uh, Romans chapter 2. We won't look at all these scriptures, but Romans 2. Romans chapter 2. And uh, we'll pick up in verse 14. And uh, someone asked this question last night. It's a good question because uh, I'll just sort of answer that along with this part here. That... Uh, the, the, until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. So the issue is they didn't have the law as we know by the Ten Commandments, but they had the law of conscience. The law of conscience. So from Adam through to Moses, people were judged by the law of conscience. So listen to uh, Romans 2 now and verse 14 and 15. Um, For when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, and here it is, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing. See, so Adam and Eve were given a conscience, but I believe that conscience was inoperative until the fall. And the moment they fell and they became sinners, the first sinners there, conscience began to work. So guilty conscience. 
began to work. That's the picture. And I believe that every, every uh, man, woman, child, every uh, boy and girl that's born in the world, they are born with a conscience. But when they're little babies, conscience is inactive. But as they get older, how many know that they have a will of their own? Where do they get that from? <laughs> you, <laughs> me, oh, the, the, the father, okay. All right, how many say the mother? Okay, oh, you're both in it, okay. Uh, so conscience begins to work. And they know how to manipulate mum and dad. They just yell, and then they stop yelling to hear if you're coming up the passage. How do you know? I learned that from my kids. Okay, so guilty conscience at work. And they got into what I call... Um, oh, well, we be, we're down on that. Okay, number four, uh, condemnation. Now they feel all condemned. And the thing is, you know, if we realize this is just another way of, 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 uh, of preaching the gospel, we've lost our purity, we have the knowledge of good and evil, conscience is at work, that's why a lot of people don't want to come to a meeting. They might get convicted because the presence of God, they don't, they don't know what it is, uh, but the condemnation. Uh, I want you to go to John, uh, John's gospel. Uh, I've already read Romans 5, but note the word condemnation, condemnation. Now, uh, I think Brother Ted said this, you know, one of the important things, and after, you know, I've got 60 years behind me, I'm 81 years of age now, and uh, it was about 21 I became involved in ministry. I was converted at the age of 14 in the Salvation Army. Just think I could have been the general if I hadn't spoken in tongues, (laughs) singing a Salvation Army song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am a general, general rouse about. Okay, uh, go to John chapter 3. And, and, and it's really important to read the scripture, not just grab a verse you know, here and there out of context. Because how many have heard uh, preachers quote this a lot? Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. How many have heard that? You know, and when the woman was taken in adultery, he said, As in, no man condemned thee, neither do I condemn thee. Why don't they read it properly? Now listen, it might be just a, a new thought to you. Go to verse, uh, John chapter 3, and we'll pick up in verse 16. We all know that so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then everybody quotes this verse 17. For God uh, sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now don't stop there. The word condemn or condemned is used one, two, three, four times in the passage context. So like if we did a bit of key knowledge seminar, this is passage context. I've marked every reference to condemn here. Then we'll go to the last part. So listen to verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, wonderful, but incomplete. Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. We talked about that last night, ground of faith, ground of, uh, uh, of, of unbelief, ground of obedience, ground of disobedience. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And what's the condemnation? Verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. So if you mark your Bible, mark verse 17, 18, and 19. 
He came. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he that believe on him is not condemned. How many believe on him this morning? So, you know, when there's that sense of faith, we don't have to be under condemnation. I, I, even at my age, I come under fits of condemnation. Think, hey, John says, if my heart condemn us, or if our heart condemn us, God knows our heart. And say, so, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's brought me under this, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, but take it in the condemnation passage. So, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So when people come into a meeting, you know, they're unbelievers, they're seekers or, you know, inquirers, whatever, they are already under condemnation. They may not know it. We're wanting through the gospel to bring them out of condemnation onto the ground of faith. Because he that believeth is not condemned. How many see that's the gospel? All right, so uh, this is the condemnation that the light's coming in the world. So people out there, they are condemned. They have guilty conscience. They try to stifle it, but the answer is the gospel. Now, go down to verse um, uh, 36. Has anybody got an amplified Bible here? Okay, could I have a loan of it, please? Uh, I'll give you a couple of dollars after for that. Thanks, Nathan. Bless you. Okay, let me just read it from whatever translation you've got. Verse 36 says... In the translations of God, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God. And see, that's another thing in the great John, uh, three, uh, uh, John 3 chapter. God so loved the world, but you see, there's not only love, the love of God, but there's the wrath of God. So listen to, listen to again, verse 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he that believes not. See, the issue is faith. Getting off of the ground of unbelief onto the ground of faith, of the ground of condemnation to uh, no condemnation. But the wrath of God abides on him. Now listen to the Amplified. That's why it's so loud. And <laughs> some of you will get that about midnight tonight probably. And he who believes in, has faith in, clings to, relies on the Son, has now possesses eternal life. But whoever disobeys, is unbelieving toward, refuses to trust in, disregards, is not subject to the Son, will never see you experience life. But instead, the wrath of God abides on him. God's displeasure remains on him. His indignation hangs over him continually. So when we pre present the gospel or witness, what we're doing, they may not understand it, but we're saying, we want you to come out from being under the wrath of God into the love of God. We want you to come out from the ground of condemnation to no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We want you to come out of being in Adam into Christ. That's, what we're, that's our language. They, we're not using that to them. Thanks, Nathan. Two dollars afterwards. <laughs> All right, so condemnation is a very important thing. So Romans 8, you've got it there. There is therefore no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're getting them out of Adam into Christ. Now, you may not preach this to them, but we understand more. Okay, uh, number five, rejection. We are born with rejection because of this. It's in us. And people going through rejection, and I think I shared my testimony a little bit when I was with you once before. So people are under rejection. People feel rejected. They're trying to do all things to be accepted. All right, number six, uh, the image of God was marred in man. And that's why Paul says in those uh, scriptures there, you know, that 
Even after the fall, the image of God is there. Let, let's, let's read those couple of verses. Genesis 5. Genesis 5. So when we look at people, you know, outside of Christ, they are still have the image of God. Man still has the image of God, but it's marred by sin. So Genesis 5. And uh, notice the contrast in verse 3. Uh, what we looked at last night, God said, Let's, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And so God created man in his own image. But Genesis 5 verse 3, note the change. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image. But it's a fallen image. It's an image marred by sin. 1 Corinthians 15, while you've got it there. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45, 45 to 49, which we uh, started off with last night. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul or living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Howbeit, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, earthy, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of, the du of dust, so also are those who, who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, or the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Everybody said hallelujah. And so what's, what's God's purpose? He said that, that uh, everything works together for good to those who are called of God and that he wants to conform us to the image of his son. So the, the purpose of redemption is to bring us back to, to the image of God from which we fell in Adam. So I, I hope you feel, you know, even though I've taught on this over, well, I haven't done it since uh, 20 years ago, but just that sense of destiny, it revolutionized my life. It's a, okay, I'm not an accident going somewhere to happen. Purpose of God. Okay, number seven. Another result of the fall is works done for acceptance. Now, I said this before, but what they do, as soon as they sinned, conscience is at work, they're guilty, they're, 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 every, everything that's messed up here, you know, the image of God, they're no longer perfect, uh, they've been marred by sin, the glory of God, they've lost their light garment, so they get into the fig leaf bikini department, and so they sewed fig leaves together, and uh, what, what did they do that for? They're trying to do something to make themselves acceptable to God. That's human nature. We've got to do something, you know, whether we go to church or go to meetings or, you know, give some money to the poor. Do something to make ourselves. It's that acceptance thing. They're under rejection and they're desperate to be accepted of God. All right. Now, how many know this scripture? Um, when it says they sowed fig leaves together, how many have heard this scripture, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags? But does anybody know the rest of the verse? Next to nobody knows the rest of the verse. I want you to go back to that verse. It's not on your note. Go to Isaiah. And funny how, you know, we all do it. I've done it over the years. But I'm more careful as I read the word. Uh, Isaiah chapter 64. And let's finish the rest of the verse and see what I believe is implied there. 
Isaiah 64 and uh, verse 6. <clears throat> and it says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, plural, because this fig leaf is uh, sort of a uh, trying to cover up their nakedness, trying to be accepted of God, and be, you know, that's it. All our righteousnesses, plural, are as filthy rags. And what's the rest of the verse say in your Bible? We all fade as a leaf. Have you ever thought of that? What would have happened to Adam and Eve's pig leaf bikini? <laughs> it would have shuled up. And in due time, they would have had to go to Myers again and get a new suit. <laughs> so it's just, they're just little things, but it was self-righteousness. They knew they were guilty. And so they get into the fig leaf and make this nice fig leaf bikini suit to make themselves acceptable to God. We're covered now. But we all do fade as a leaf. Like the wind and have taken away. Now, let me ask you this. How many believe that Adam and Eve are going to be in heaven? Hands up. How many don't believe it? Hands up. How many have got a lying spirit? How many don't want to get caught? And, uh, Ted, you should know this. Ted, yeah. Ted, have I been with you so long? <laughs> All right, now for those who put their hand up, yes, the answer is yes. I'll tell you why. Because when God did come on the scene, as we're going to get into in a moment here, uh, and starts questioning, where are you, Adam? He knew where they were. He just wanted them to confess it. The very fact that um, Adam and Eve accepted the coats of skin provided through the body and blood of a sacrificial substitutionary victim shows that they accepted blood atonement by faith. Because they could have said, God, hey, look at our fig leaf bikini suit. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, don't you like it? God's nice and green and leafy, you know, swimsuit. I mean, but they were willing to lay aside their fig leaf suit and be clothed in the death of another. That was the gospel. Isn't that awesome? Just, just, just little things that you miss, you know. Wow, yeah. So work's done for acceptance, but they accepted the coats of skin. All right, number eight, fear and insecurity. Genesis 3, 8, the first mention of fear in the Bible. And they were afraid and hid themselves. So fear and insecurity. And, 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 you know, you can apply this today. Why don't a lot of people want to come to a meeting? They don't, they don't realize it, but they're frightened. Well, if I go to church, they, they, they may not say it. God may be there. I might get convicted. It's all there, hidden inside, even though they may not verbalize it that way. But fear, fear. So fear and insecurity, they hid themselves. They were afraid. So all the relationship, everything that we had here is just messed up. All right, number nine. Uh, this is a good one. The guilt and blame game, I call it. So uh, notice the order in the guilt and blame game. God, uh, I mean, God calls Adam, where are you? God knew where he was. He just wanted him to confess. Uh, let, let's go back to that. Um, it's interesting how... Uh, we today in teaching, we often use the question like who, what, why, when, and where, and how. Right. Do you know where we got that from? God. He's the first one to use all those questions. So go to Genesis chapter 
3. And uh, I've circled the, the, the first questions of God in the Bible. That's a good, good message. The first questions of God. So verse 9 of Genesis 3. And the Lord God uh, called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? Question number 1. And then uh, verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Second question. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Third question. Have you eaten of the tr- from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the, wo- the man said, the woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, next question. What is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So you have some of the who, what, why, and when almost there. Go over to chapter 4 if you mark your Bible. Same with Cain. Just the questions. It's just a, that would be a good message for you to think upon. God's first questions in the Bible. Verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Verse 9. And uh, the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Verse 10. And he said, what have you done? So you've got several of the questions there. So the whole who, what, why, when, and how pretty well all began with God. All right, now, notice the guilt and blame here. So the first one Adam sort of blames is God. The woman you gave me. I was all right when I was single and my pockets used to jingle. <laughs> now you're laughing with me, not at me, Okay. Yes, the, I was all right till I woke up and found myself married. The woman you gave me. So it's, sort of, it's the guilt and blame going, so blames God. While I was single, I was happy. Are we on dangerous ground? How many single people here? No problems, nothing. When I was single, my pockets used to jingle. Now I'm married and I'm just harried. Okay, yeah. Yeah, man told me about this telegram he sent to a friend of his. No wife, no strife, no li- no 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 strife, no wife, no strife. What a life! Yeah, <laughs> and he sent back. She sent back. No hubby, no bubby, no tummy. Yeah. <laughs> mm, uh, uh, you better erase that from there. <laughs> Delete that a little bit. Uh, Ted said that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then after Adam blamed God, then he blames the woman the woman so he blamed his wife and then the Lord turned to the woman and said what have you done and the woman blames a snake I mean it's a whole guilt and blame game do your kids ever do that I mean n- never never oh dear yeah so it's guilt and then of course when the the Lord turned to the serpent he didn't have a leg to stand on did he so you know oh. Okay, everybody awake. So the whole guilt and blame game, and that's man through. It's in our families, it's in human nature. The whole guilt and blame, the newspapers are low with it. Everybody's blaming everybody else instead of saying, Lord, I did it. It's a guilt and blame thing. We've got to accept it, okay? Number 10, sin passed on onto all mankind. Romans 12, uh, 5, 12, we've read that. I think that'll be all right. And so sin passed onto all mankind. I'll come back to that in the next section. Number 11, death passed on to mankind. And we've got the wages of sin is death. 
in one man, by one man's offence, condemnation came, death came. And then number 12, and, and you'll keep this in mind for our next session, uh, forfeited paradise and the tree of eternal life. Uh, turn to, uh, mistake on my computer, it's not converted. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. How many realizing like me, even after all these years, the more I know, the less I know? I mean, when I was a kid, younger, on an ego trip, one of my ego trips, I thought, I'm going to study the Bible and know everything there is. After all these years, the more I know, the less I know. One guy in New Zealand said, I've exhausted the Bible. I thought, no, the Bible exhausted you. Because <laughs> you know? if we could exhaust the Bible, we could exhaust the author. Yeah. And we never will. The more we know, the less we know. For all eternity, God's going to be revealing himself. This is eternal life. You know, wow. There's just a good bit of humble pie. Okay, verse uh, 21 of Genesis 3. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. So that very fact that they were willing to let the fig leaf bikini seed go and accept the coats of skin. So, you know, the implications there that Adam and Eve actually witnessed the first death. And that was the gospel. This innocent animal is innocent. We're guilty. That animal has never sinned. No animal's ever sinned. You can tell your doggy, thou shalt not steal the sausages. It has no conscience. It'll run off with the sausages and join the tail waggers club, just like that. And doesn't even feel guilty. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, and the very fact that the coats of skin were provided through the death of another, that was the gospel. So Adam and Eve would say, wow, we're guilty. We're under the death penalty. That innocent animal died in my stead, became a substitute, and I am clothed in the death of another. Wow, that, that is so awesome. Now, listen to verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. We did this last night. God knows good and evil, but God can only be good. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. The Lord God sent him from the garden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Now, if man had, a, and this is how I understand, if man had a partaken of the tree of eternal life, he would have lived forever in an unredeemable state. It was the mercy of God that God said, no, you've eaten of the tree of death, you're not going to touch that tree. And live for so, verse uh, 24. So he drove out the man, and literally he placed at the east of the garden cherubims. This is the first tabernacle. God caused his tabernacle to dwell there, and he placed cherubims and a flaming sword to keep, which turned every which way, to keep the way to the tree of life. So you picture. Adam and Eve, oh, if only we could get back to the tree of eternal life. But there's this sword, cut off the yes, what have you got? Word. And there's turning every which way, guarding the tree of life. Well, we'll keep that in mind for next session. If I'm going to get that tree of life back, someone's got to go through the sword. The cross is that sword. Jesus went through the cross, the sword of Calvary, to make the way open to the tree of life. Wow, what an awesome picture. Okay, so forfeited paradise and the tree of life. So what you should have there on your note 
It should be Genesis chapter 3 and verse, uh, verse 21 to 24 then. So just correct that. All right, now just before we take a break here, uh, this is, is, is uh, really fantastic. Uh, go to letter F. Go to letter F here. And I'd like you to turn back to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 5 again. Now, a lot, of, a lot of commentaries and a lot of uh, theologians have a little bit of difficulty on this. I'm going to submit to a very intelligent bunch of people. <laughs> Laugh of faith here. Or was that unbelief? Okay. And no response here at all. Okay. Okay. Romans chapter 5. And um, the one verse I want here. Just trying to find the right verse here. I don't know if I've got here. Oh, yeah. Romans 5 and verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. Uh, it says, Until, uh, yeah, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. What I'd like you to put there, and uh, it's what I've called on your notes here, the in principle. Um, uh, it's interesting how we use the words in because we're talking about being in Adam and in Christ. Uh, what's in today in your house? I mean, when my first wife was with me before, she went to be with the Lord, Mark and, and, and Sharon's mum. Uh, she went through a stage of pink. Every, everything, pink was in. We had pink dolls, pink blankets, pink pillow ships, pink sheets. Everything was pink because pink was in. So how many know we use that, you know? I think the funniest one of this illustration of being, I want you to, I want to talk about the in principle. I got this tea towel 100 years ago when I was a little boy. And uh, any Americans here? We've got a few. You're, you're from, you're from uh, Brazil. And where are you from? Uh, Fiji. Fiji, okay. God bless you. And where's anybody <laughs> from? Yeah, okay. I don't know where I'm from. But, but for Americans, when you try to explain them what cricket means... It's the weirdest thing. So let me try and read this. This is cricket as explained to a foreign visitor. You have two sides, one out in the field and one in. Each man that's in, the side that's in, goes out. And when he's out, he comes in. And the next man goes in until he's out. <laughs> when they are all out, the side that's out comes in. And the side that's been in goes out and tries to get the, those coming in out. Sometimes you get... Uh, man still in and not out. When both sides have been in and out, including the not outs, that's the end of the game. How's that? <laughs> Isn't that good? So you try and explain a game of cricket to an American. It is, it's chaos. How many like that? Isn't that good? So I, I so enjoyed that. I thought, I'm never going to wash that tea towel. Okay, now. So let's sort of try and wrap this up. Now, because we're on the theme is in Adam or in Christ, we need to understand the, the in principle. And, and, and some of the translations bring it out that because in him we all sin. So when Adam sinned, we sinned. When Adam fell, we fell. We inherited all that Adam, if we were in Adam, 
as yet unborn. So when he did what he did, we did it. Otherwise, God could have killed Adam. Sometimes I wish he had him. And Eve, or let her off, you know, and start all over again. But how many times did God do that? So, you know, because God's God. So notice this in principle, and maybe just take down a seed thought. on It's on your notes there. When I look at all the plants in the world, where did all the apple trees come from? They were in the original apple tree, weren't they? So all the apples in the world, oranges, you can do it on anything. Bananas, anything. Then number two, the in principle with regard to animals. Where did all the lions in the world come from? Where did all the tigers in the world come from? They were in the original. Yeah, so way back there they were in. And then I'd like you to look at this scripture. Go to Hebrews chapter 7. And we'll be taking a break soon. Hang on for a few moments. Okay. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter 7. You've got the notes there, but we'll look at a couple of these. Because it's a really important thing. Once I saw this in Adam, in Christ, this in principle. Okay, Hebrews chapter 7. And we'll go to uh, verses 4. We'll pick up in verse 4, I think, yeah. And so Paul says, I think it's Paul, Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. He talked about Melchizedek. And indeed those who are of the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, received tithes from Abraham, and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all uh, contradiction, the lesser, Abraham, is blessed by the better, Melchizedek. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, listen to it now, who receives tithes, paid tithes, through Abraham, and old King James says he paid tithes in Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So now listen to the implication there. So when Melchizedek came on the scene and Abraham gave him tithes of all he had, Levi, who was as yet unborn, was in the loins of Abraham, and Paul is, I think it's Paul, is using the argument that actually when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, Levi, who was in Abraham, actually paid tithes to the greater priesthood. So it shows that the Levitical priesthood was subject to the Melchizedek priesthood. That's worth a little baby hallelujah. Why? Because he was in Abraham. Is this making sense? It's the in principle. Okay, uh, go to, I'd like you to look at this scripture. A couple more minutes here and... Then we go to Genesis, or go to Romans chapter 9, I'll do Romans chapter 9. Soon we're close here. Take a left. Romans chapter 9. And uh, we'll pick up in uh, verse 6 and 7. Romans chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And he says, uh, I'm going to read from old, old version here. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. In other words, we're saying they're not all spiritual Israel which are of national Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but, say it with me, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In Isaac. So in other words, anybody in the Old Testament 
If they really wanted to be counted as the seed of Abraham, they had to trace their genealogy back to Isaac, the only begotten son, and say, I was in Isaac. Because in Isaac, the seed was to be called. Now, what do we do here? We trace our genealogy back to being in Christ. The New Testament only begotten son. So I'm no longer in Adam. I'm in Christ. It's the in principle. Okay? We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org where you can access PDF downloads of all of Kevin Connor's books as well as his video training courses, including the Key of Knowledge Seminar and Foundations of Christian Doctrine.